Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and you guys. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the fun. We'll get back to your thoughts in just a little bit about our uh, committee rankings as we've gone through and ranked the top teams getting ready uh, for the playoffs. Don't forget Monday Night Football, the wild card game. Can't believe it's the Monday Night Football wild card game. Might be the game of the weekend. Cowboys at Bucks. You can check that out on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN Deportes, all over everywhere that we could possibly have ESPN. And you know that we'll be talking about it on Monday also to get you ready for that game. That brings us into conversation about Tom Brady. And nobody knows Tom Brady better than Vince Wilf two-time Super Bowl champion, Patriots Hall of Famer, host of Food Network and the NFL's brand new series, NFL Tailgate Takedown. I love food. I love football. Vince, tell us about the show. What, what's it all about? What's going on, guys? Well, the show is co-hosted. My co-host is Sonny Anderson, and uh, it's basically about, you know, two teams. Uh, like the first episode you guys saw on the fourth, uh, the Giants and uh, Dallas, where the two teams come together on the football field to compete and their fans tailgate to compete in. You have three rounds of uh, a cook-off. And the first round is something small and bite-sized um, for 20 minutes. And then you go the second round is something that's handheld that you ha- it has to be in in between two of something, right? And they have 30 minutes for that one. And then the third one is basically the Hail Mary. It's basically you can, the main dish, this is all for the marbles, and you get 40 minutes to do that, and they just go at it. I mean, they cook their best tailgate dish. Um, they cook stuff that is a staple at their tailgate. And when I tell you I haven't tasted anything nasty yet, um, <laughs> from these, I mean, everything, even things I don't even eat, like coleslaw. Like, I don't eat that. I, never, I tried it, and I always hated it. But they made some on the show, and it was so good. So when I tell you I didn't eat anything that I didn't like, trust and believe when I tell you. Because if I don't like it, I'll tell you straight up, ah, I'm not a fan of that. You know, like <laughs> I told them about the coleslaw. I say, I'm not a fan of coleslaw. But they were like, well, just try it. And I did, and I and I, and I really loved it. So, and, and it's just a good thing to show the competitive side of true fans. And if you didn't know they were fans, you would believe that they were chefs. But these are normal, everyday fans that just love the tailgate and they love to do what they do and it shows and they, they personality they food um like new england you know the lobster rolls and then you have philly with came with the cheese steak um you had green bay come out with the cheese curds i mean buffalo with the buffalo sauce and wings like they showed off their team and their city style exactly what we wanted and i'm telling you this show was amazing the people I worked with was amazing. The whole team was just amazing, amazing people. Yeah, that's dope, Vince. And I know all about that coleslaw, man, because I didn't like it until somebody made me some, and it was like that sweet-tasting coleslaw that I couldn't uh-huh. get enough of, and I just needed more. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. what it was for me. I mean, HD's particular about his food too. I'm telling you, like I, I can't imagine, yes, I like you, 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 I can't imagine somebody making something at tailgate. Harry Douglas doesn't like like former players. I've learned like they know what they like, they know how they like it, they yep. know exactly what they want when it gets fed to them. So like, I, kudos to. Do you get to have a vote on this one, Vince? Like, are you one of the voters no. at the end on who won? No. I'm not a judge. You know, we, we rotated. We had four judges that we rotated. Ian Rappaport was one of them. And by the way, I'll get back to him. Um, Eddie Jackson, which is a chef, ex-football player, chef now in. Ali Khan, he's a chef. And um, Kelsey Bernard Clark, she's a chef. But I'm telling you, Ian, we know Ian from his work in the NFL. But let me tell you, Ian mastered being a judge. When I tell you, Ian sat down and he ate the food and he critiqued the food and he was throwing out these big words like he knew what he was talking about. Ian could have passed for a chef. <laughs> this is what I'm telling you. Wow. Um, but that just goes to show you, like, the NFL and Food Network put together this team and they nailed it. You know, from everybody's personality to the, the, the smarts, of, um, the type of people they are, the knowledgeable um, behind what they know. When I tell you this was a home run from an experience on my end working with them, and I can only imagine from a fan perspective that's watching the show where they're getting the feedback from what is going on, I'm telling you, it was a hit, it was a home run, and I love this show. That's dope. That's dope. Now we got to get to some football, and I got to ask you about your former teammate, Tom Edward Brady. Do you think this is going to be his last game, my man? No. I I don't. I, it's hard because, you know, Tom loved the game of football for so long, and he's been in it. And the only reason I would say no is because when I look at a quarterback, I look for two things. I look, and see, I look at their mobility if they're losing it, and I look at their arm strength if they're losing it. And he's showing neither one that he is declining in. Um, so it's hard for somebody to be on top like that to go out when they know they still have something left and they still think they can compete at a high level, which he has. Um, this year wasn't his greatest year, but guess what? I don't think that Tom will leave the game off of this. I mean, I think he would want to come back and prove that he go out when he want to go out and he go out on top. So that's just my opinion. Um, I know when it came to me retiring, I knew that it was just something else I wanted to do. You know, I didn't lose nothing. I, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't any of that. But it was just I started thinking about stuff outside of football. And I told myself whenever I start losing focus like that, when it's not 100% football, it's time for me to walk away from the game because I never wanted to cheat the game. You know, I gave the game everything I had. So when I started having those thoughts and wanting to do something else outside of football, that's why I hung my cleats up. So I don't know if Tom is there yet, but if he is, he'll walk away. But if he's not there yet, we're going to see more Tom Brady. And I and I got a feeling we're going to see more Tom Brady. I don't know if it'll be in Tampa or not, but a guy at the top of his game at that position still, and he still has something left, I wouldn't leave the game. I wouldn't. You also gave everything you had to the Patriots organization. They didn't have the year I think they wanted to this year. They're not in the playoffs, right? How would you fix New England? Well, first of all, um, you got to get guys that, that that buy into the system. You know, you got to get guys that buy into what you're trying to do. Um, leadership, you got to you got to look for leadership 
Um, and there's some areas and some positions that they need to go attack. You know, I think they need more depth in the back end and, and, and at linebacker. I think they need to fix the offensive line. Um, I don't know how good they feel about their quarterback and skill positions. I don't know. But I know those areas. I'm a big believer. Games are one in the trenches. You know, defensive line, they're pretty solid. They have the depth. They have some guys there. Offensive line, I'm not too kind on, you know. Um, Matt Jones, I would give him a chance because you have to understand, coming into his third year, he he's been up under two uh, offensive coordinators in, in three years. So we can sit and, and point fingers at him because of the position, but at the same time, it's hard going from one system and then all of a sudden things change and plays change and then you have to learn that again and you're young. That's hard. So I think he needs more consistency at the offensive coordinator level. That's what I believe. But I I believe in Bill Belichick. You're not for the sit and tell me Bill don't know football. He's been doing it half of his life. He knows football. Now, I heard rumors that he can't connect to the younger generation. I think that's bull crap. I think Bill needs to put people around him that can. Um, get through to him, and that comes with leadership on the field and leadership as coach. Um, so I do believe, and, and, and people got to understand, like, you know, they they still trying to rebuild and still trying to plug things in, but they need leadership on the field, you know. They had Devin McCourty and they had Matthew Stater that had been there for a while, but they those times are up, you know. So now you're getting these new guys coming in. These new guys that's coming in, they have to understand what is – what is needed from them, not only from a plan standpoint, but as a leadership standpoint as well. So it's a, it's, it should be a busy offseason and a busy draft for them. And, and, and they have to hit home runs this year. You know, they have to. You guys should check out the new show, NFL ta- Tailgate Takedown on Food Network. Vince, thanks so much for the time and the insight, my friend. Good luck with the show. We appreciate you hanging out. I appreciate it, guys. You have a good one now. It's Vince Wilfork, two-time Super Bowl champion, joining us with all of his thoughts. Don't forget, Monday Night Football wildcard game, Cowboys and Bucks on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, ESPN Deportes, all over the place. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly 700 bucks on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. We gave you our top four with the NFL Playoff Committee And now it is your turn to weigh in on our committee and the best argument about why the Eagles shouldn't be in the top four at all. Oh, my God, it's chaos next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. You just presume that all middle-aged white guys are walking around with some, like, 80s gel and some, like, weird moose? Do you use spritz? No, I don't spritz. I don't spritz. You're the one that was Epsom salting your feet in a tub last night. Yes. And you're talking to me about spritzing? Yes. I buy cleaning you stuff. Supplies. Supplies. There we go. Supplies. As soon as I land in every city, I disinfect the restroom. The bathtub and everything. So, you know, I have a nice size tub because, you know, I had a sweet room. I put some Epsom salt in there, some um, alcohol and peroxide as well. Mix it all in together. And also little bubbles and had my little candles lit in there. I had a nice little bromance with myself. 
Did you fly with the candles, Harry? Like, I, I, I forgot that follow-up question. It's Fitz and Harry yeah. on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers presented by Progressive Insurance. Are you, f- like, like, look, my guy, his suitcase is its own workout. Like, I'm one of those guys that I could pack for a week in a carry-on. Harry, Harry's got a couple of suitcases and a suit bag, and, like, that suitcase weighs more than I do. Like, it's it's beefy. <laughs> are you putting candles in the carry-on or candles in the check bag? Like, what are we, no, you, I you, never carry on a bag. I always check them. So uh, uh, yeah, everywhere I travel to, no matter, you know, what the destination may be, I take candles everywhere. I like candles in my hotel rooms, even though it's probably against policy, but I don't care. I still like candles in, in, in the room so my room can smell good. I bring air freshener. I stick them in the walls so my room can smell nice. I'm, I'm big on hygiene. I'm big on smells fit, so that's why it's big for me. Yeah, and fit. I love candles. I've been burning candles since I was in high school. No, look, we are we are squarely Team Candle on this show. Like, There's no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, hit me up back at Bath & Body Works on those three weeks. Uh, we are all in on the candle game around this show. I just suddenly had the image of your bag being checked and somebody unwrapping like 25 candles that you've brought out so that you can have the right Epsom salt bath for your feet. Triple eight, say ESPN. I'm going to learn the damn phone number. 888-729. I'm so flustered thinking about your feet. 888-729. 3776. We gave you our, our well, thank you. Uh, we gave you our playoff committee. So we took all the teams in the NFL playoffs. We applied the same logic as college football. Head-to-head wins, strength of schedule, who you beat, when you beat them, uh, eye test, all of it. And we came up with the top six. That top six, Cowboys at six, Bills at five, Eagles at four, Chiefs at three, Bengals at two. 49ers at one. It created some uh, disagreement. Travis in Illinois, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, the the issue I have is the Eagles being in the top four. Their uh, their strength of schedule really wasn't that great, and even in their uh, low strength of schedule, they had seven games where they won by less than one possession. Um, and so I really do struggle having them in the top four this year. Okay, so here's what's complicated. Nope, about. nope, nope. We're not going to do this. Fitz, let me handle this. Okay, sorry. We uh-huh. have determined this is this is one of those shows okay. that like Maury Mor- and, okay. you know, oh, the lie detector Springer. test. Determined? We have determined that your statement is a lie because the Philadelphia Eagles have the hardest strength of schedule in the National Football League. I love the way you can we get the Maury drop in the future for the, the determined that was a lie. Uh, <laughs> Evan found the numbers for us. But yeah, strength of schedule right now, according at the end of the season, the most difficult win percentage that anybody faced, the Eagles, their opponent record 161, 123 and four. Now, the argument, that's, by the way, around a 57% win percentage. Uh, the Dolphins at two, Giants at three. Uh, but part of the argument's going to be that the NFC East was all bad, so you got wins against bad teams, and then you stacked wins that way, I guess. But even at that, I mean, the win, the win-loss the numbers don't show a weak uh, strength of schedule. So we, we talked a lot about those teams beating up on each other and not being worth it, but, Harry, I think you're right. Like, the lie, determi- the lie detector test determined that was a lie. The lie detector here's test the thing. determined That's that a was a lie. <laughs> oh, look at that. Golly. But here's the thing, though, bro. Like, a lot of people want to say the NF- NFC East was, you know, wasn't that difficult. And you look at the strength of schedule with all the teams – all four of them in, are in the top eight. Yeah. All four of them in the top eight. And if you take out the Washington Commanders, all three, the other three are in the top six. I mean, no, I, actually, the, the top three, top five. 
So Everyone you, else is in top five. You combine it with a roster that passes the eye test with the way that they've won and with their win-loss record, all of that. I'm, I'm still in. I, they haven't changed my mind. He didn't change my mind. Eagles still sitting in fourth. The committee is up for discussion, by the way. Daniel in Ohio chiming in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's how you hit us up uh, to give your thoughts on the, the committee. Daniel in Ohio, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Bengals, number one. Number one, strength of schedule. We beat the Chiefs. We were in the lead against Buffalo. That's all I'll get into that. We had we, that, that energy. I was there. I have season tickets. I was there that night. I've seen that place many a time. That place was magnificently on fire. That, the, the energy going through that stadium uh, on that second drive, us going down that field, I truly believe we would have won that game. I think we had the toughest strength of schedule. We, had, we beat Baltimore last week in a must-win game with us putting our, our starters on the line. I think we have the toughest schedule, the deepest, most complete team, the most complete defense. We have the pass rush. The lie detector test determined That's that a was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a new thing on this show. Uh, I, like The number of times he told us the Bengals have the toughest schedule. Again, I got it in front of me. 17th toughest in the league. 17th. <laughs> the, like middle of the pack. The Bears and the Chiefs basically oh, surrounded. Man. The Chiefs at 16, the Bears at 18. The Bengals had the 17th toughest strength to schedule. Also, the Bengals did, like, yeah, they beat the Chiefs. Uh, we I, That's why part of the reason that Harry and I had them above the Chiefs, uh, they did get a, a win against the Chiefs, but uh, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, uh, they lost earlier in the year to the Ravens. That's not a great loss for them. They they lost to the Cowboys. That's a, I, I think they're absolutely, number two feels right. Well, I, I will say this. If that game would have finished against the Buffalo Bills, in which I thought the Cincinnati Bengals was the better team going in, and I actually thought they were going to win that football game. If that game would have played out and the Cincinnati Bengals would have won that game and we all would have seen that with our eyes, I wouldn't have a problem putting them at number one. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, but then again, like we always say on this show, if my aunt had grapefruits, mm. she'd be my uncle. Like, you're right, mm. it would give you another big win, but like we just didn't get that. So, like, I don't know. How tall is your uncle? Uh, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> what what are, you, what are you saying? Like my my uncle, I'm just asking. How I tall mean, is he? like he's probably like what you're you're six four, so he's probably six five, six six. I can't stand my you. uncle. My uncle's <laughs> about he's about Harry Douglas's height, you know, seven foot three, three. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I also don't know anything about his grapefruits. I, you know, the grapefruits are going to be a thing. I, mean, on I this would show. hope not. I would can hope we not. Get a, can we get a crate of grapefruits sent to Joe Burrow from Fitz and Harry with no explanation yes. of why we've done this? Oh, he's like, going to know why. He's okay, going to know okay, why. That, he's going to know why he's walking around with grapefruits, and he knows why. Trust me, he's going to know why it's been sent to him. I, I still want the guys behind the glass to to defend themselves because they didn't even have the Bengals as the best team in the AFC, Devin. So now that we've had somebody call in and defend that the Bengals deserve the top spot, have you rethought your approach that the Bengals weren't the best team in the? AFC like have you have you have you guys been willing to see concede that argument I mean do you want to hear the truth or do you want to hear from Joe Burrow on the Bengals window Oh I want the truth I want All to right. hear the truth Oh what, what can we hear from play, Joe play Burrow the first sound. Windows my whole career and and everybody that that we have in that locker room all the coaches we have you know things are going to change year to year but uh, our windows always open Hey, my boy walking around with grapefruits, man. I'm telling the you. The window is always open, and you better not leave it cracked because Joe Burrow coming through it. And even if you have it locked, he breaking through it. That's what I'm talking about, Joe. If I, if I as a fan, 
if I could pick any quarterback in the NFL to be my favorite team's quarterback, it would be Patrick Mahomes because like I just watch him play and I'm scared of him every single time. From a personality standpoint and then also from play, Joe Burrow is at this point a very close second to me. Like there is a mm. there is mm-hmm. a swagger, there's a swagginess, mm-hmm. there's a, a there's just the dangling grapefruit thing that like just it hits different, man. It just hits mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you mean? Uh, Joe Burrow's three and zero versus Patrick Mahomes. Just well, okay, yeah. Throw that out there. yeah, I know, but like I, I, I uh, lies, look, lies, lies. It's it's baked into me. My my fear of Patrick Mahomes is baked into me after a lifetime of uh, of Raiders fandom. So we ended up. Nobody changed our mind. 49ers 1, Bengals 2, Chiefs 3, Eagles 4. Bills on the outside looking in 5, Cowboys at 6. That's our list. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You guys can call us and give us your list on your top four using the college football playoff metrics. Love the conversation. Love y'all being involved in the show. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's an area on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell them, play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. Now, obviously, right now, a ton of our focus, rightfully so, is straight on the NFL. And especially on a week where we also had the national championship game, a lot of focus goes towards college football. That being said, there's plenty of uh, plenty of eyeballs on the NBA whenever it comes to whatever is happening with Kevin Durant and whatever's happening with uh, the the Nets. And we now know that Durant is injured. Obviously, he's going to miss some time. And this is Jacques Vaughn, the Nets head coach, and what he said about the impact of Katie's injury and his time away from the team. Our schemes won't change. We'll need to uh, do things better, uh, whether that is rebound the basketball better because uh, Kevin can make a shot for us and cover up some of our sins. And uh, so the shot discrepancy can't be the same. We can't turn it over the same. Uh, So all the things that uh, increase or decrease your margins, we just got to be better at. Uh, We'll continue to see how we're going to uh, manage the rotations, who starts, who's the first sub, what the second group looks like. All of that changes now. HD, like I hear that, and I love the concept of next man up, but KD's going to be sidelined for, they think, at least a month. That's that's yeah. that's tough for next man up, man. No, it, it is, and, and Coach Vaughn literally mentioned it right then and there. When you got a guy like Kevin Durant who – you know, who's 6'10", 6'11", can, you know, defend, he's long, he's rangy, can block shots at the rim as well. And But you look on the offensive end, if you need a bucket at any given time, you can give it to Kevin Durant, and he'll bail you out a lot of situations, a lot of bad situations at that. A guy that can play one-on-one with his back to the basket, facing the basket, can shoot the ball. They call him the easy money sniper for a reason, Fitz. So when, you, when you're missing that guy, you're missing a lot. Now, collectively, I don't even think they can do it collectively and have the same, you know, feel out there on the basketball court as if Kevin Durant is out there. I don't care if you have five guys and they average to what he makes. His presence alone just makes a huge difference. It also, you know, determines how the defense and whoever your your opponent is, how they play the Brooklyn Nets and how they want to play Kevin Durant. Because I know a lot of teams may go into that game and say, you know what, we're going to try to double Kevin Durant. Now, majority of the times he's still going to get that bucket or he's going to make that right pass. But it's just something to be said, uh, a future Hall of Famer, a guy who's an NBA champion, a guy who's a league MVP, being out for an entire month. But now the rotation's got to be different. And you just you heard Coach Vaughn say, who's going to be the first man in? How's, how's the rotation going to be now? Uh, who needs to step up more? So many 
different things uh, to Kevin Durant being out that you got to figure out now that he's not going to be, be on the court for a month. But what's funny to me is I keep thinking about, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago watching uh, Perk, our buddy Kendrick Perkins, on one of the TV shows he was on talking about the Nets. And he said, look, we're only going to judge the Nets by championships. And that's real, right? Like, hey, we're only going to judge uh, the Nets by championships. So if you're Brooklyn right now, you're 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 nine and one in your last ten, right? You're sitting yep. there a game and a half back of the Celtics. You are having a year. I don't want to sound callous to any of this, but like I don't think what happens in the next month really matters. Like what's most important is whatever time KD needs to get himself healthy and then bring himself back slowly, and then you work him back into the rotation and you trust that a team that's gelling together incredibly well right now will continue to uh, to gel together. To me, that, that just sort of makes sense. Like Since they're only going to be judged by championships, I'm not going to freak out about this because they're still going to make the playoffs and KD's going to be fine by the playoffs. But here's, here's why I tell you it, it does matter to me because you look at where they're sitting right now. Um, they're sitting at the two seed, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this may have happened the same situation a year ago or the year before that where they were sitting in a nice spot in the Eastern Conference. And I believe Kevin Durant got hurt again. And then you also had the Kyrie Irving situation and it kind of put them in a bad spot. So now they started moving down slots. And now you have to, you know, when the playoffs come around, you're in the play-in game. In which if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you don't want to do that two years in a row. You don't want to be in a play-in game. So I think you want to stay within striking distance of having a, a seed and not having to play your way into the playoffs like they did last year. I thought that took a toll on their on everyone's body, to, to be quite frank. But do you have a game coming up on Thursday against the Boston Celtics? You have the Oklahoma City Thunder, in which Shea Gilchrist-Alexander has been balling this season. Mm, yeah, yes. uh, you have the Phoenix Suns. Now, the Phoenix Suns, they're missing some guys. They, uh, we're going to get into that in, in the next segment when we talk about the Warriors a little bit because, my goodness, I can't believe the Warriors let them beat them. But you got Utah. Utah, who's playing really good right now. They actually beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night and spoiled Donovan Mitchell's um, little spurt and nice game that he had. They, they go to Golden State. They have Philly. You have the uh, the Knicks, who's playing a good brand of football, uh, basketball right now. So you have so many games that are crucial games for the Brooklyn Nets, but you don't want to continue to start sliding in the standings because, Fitz, when I look at the standings right now, right, in the NBA, you have so many teams in the Eastern Conference, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Yeah, you got seeds this. One, seeds, one through, seeds one through six – you don't have many games in between those teams. Right. Right. And, and actually, seed, seed one through seven. And if you want to be honest, seeds one through eight, you don't have many games. So you don't want to just start losing games. The next thing you, you fall out of you know, contention of where you really want to be in the playoffs come playoff time. Well, and certainly seeding is going to matter when you're talking about particularly the top few teams in the East. Like there's not a lot that separates the Celtics, the Nets, the Bucks. If we want to put the 76ers in that conversation, you've been high on, on the Cavs, uh, you know, for the last uh, several weeks, right? They got to get Jared Allen back because he, he's day-to-day right now. So he, he's a big piece of what they want to do. But I, I do like the Cavaliers team. But there's not a lot that separates them record-wise right now. And you're right. What you don't want to do if you're the Nets is, is suddenly end up with a juggernaut matchup against a team like the Bucs in the first round. I totally get that. I just think that there there has to be – because they've played so well – I'm sort of a tip of the cap to, all right, now you've shown me that everything can come together. Now that I see that everything's coming together and everybody's singing Kumbaya and all the controversy that seemed, the cloud that seemed to be over the Nets last year is no longer over the Nets. So now it's about one thing, and that one thing is a championship. And, and you know, I'm going to believe that they're going to be, even if it's a little time, that as well as they are playing right now, that they'll yep. be able to pick that that right back up. But I want to give a, a shout out to Jock Vaughn because I thought, I, well, I think he's doing a phenomenal job with this. Brooklyn Nets basketball team, you know, coming in and 
you know, Joe Shy and all those guys making him the head coach and not just interim. I think the Brooklyn Nets really took a step forward when that started to happen. And, you know, his imprint is put on that roster. So, and when I mean imprint put on that roster, I mean his mindset, his demeanor, the way he approaches the everyday life and the way he approaches the game with his players and how he can relate to a lot of his players as well. Because, you know, relationships in this business mean everything. When you talk about a, a Kyrie Irving, a Kevin Durant, a Ben Simmons, you got to be able to, you know, get into those guys' mental a little bit, talk to them about any and everything, but they have to be able to trust you. I think right now we see that the Brooklyn Nets in their roster, they, tr- they trust their head coach uh, Vaughn. Yeah, well, we trust Kendrick Perkins. We're going to get his reaction to the KD injury and find out how truthful Perk is about, you know, his old playing days. We're going to do it next with him. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry. Perk, we got Swagoo coming on uh, in the next hour. Swagoo, like, is yep. he a big bird or is he a snuffleupagus? Like, well, what, what, <laughs> what are we doing with Swagoo? <laughs> what, 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 I mean, Swagoo wag body, you know it. He ain't going to hide it. Is he a Barney body? Like, what, what, what is he, a yeah, Barney, Barney body? It's <laughs> 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 a sort of analysis you're only going to get here. Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers just tell them to play ESPN Radio. Our Wolfpack about to grow by one as the great Kendrick Perkins joining us, ESPN NBA analyst. Perk, you know we always like to you know start with the fire questions here. Uh, the Heat were 40 for 40 from the free throw line last night. If I gave you 40 free throws today, how many are we hitting? Uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to even sit up here and lie. I'll probably go 25 for 40. I'll probably miss 15. i go 25 out of 40. I would. Like, the colder you practice, you need you need to practice for that? Or is that just like cold? I haven't, I haven't shot any free throws in a minute, and I'm still going to get 25 out of 40. I mean, that's that, that just, you know what I'm saying, coming straight from the dinner table. Like, let me get it in. You know what I mean? Like, let me, let me get a let me get up a few. That's it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If I practice, I'm going to go 30 for 40. <laughs> now, now, Perk, I don't know if you know this or not, but we know your free throw percentage throughout your NBA career. Now, that's 59%. You sure you're going to go yeah, but, 30 for 40? But, but Harry, here's the thing, right? When you're in the gym by yourself and you're practicing, it's a lot okay, different okay. than when you're in the arena. You're right. True story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True story. <laughs> when it's just two or three of us in the gym, and when I got somebody, yeah, it's a lot different than when you're in the arena. See, at practice, I'm about a 90% free throw shooter. In the game, I was 50, 59% on the career. And, Perk, I got to ask you last night, we got Steph Curry back, Andrew Wiggins for the Golden State Warriors. You know, Steph was a little rusty. You expect that. Um, I do think Klay Thompson's been stepping up a little bit more. Jordan Poole, got to see some more from him, especially when you look at that game against the Suns. They were without, you know, DeAndre Ayton, without Devin Booker, without Chris Paul. And the Warriors still found a way to lose that game. And honestly, it wasn't even even close. So what do you make of, you know, the Warriors losing that game with Steph Curry coming back without the three biggest stars for the Phoenix Suns? Well, I look at the last three games. Think about it. Orlando, Detroit, uh, and last night. Like, you know what? And the crazy thing is, is everybody will say, oh, the Warriors will be just fine. No, they're not going to be just fine. Like, it got to be concerned there, especially when it comes down to the others. Like, when I look at the others, I'm talking about, you know, uh, Divincento. Uh I'm looking at 
uh, you know, Kamingo, Kamingo has been out. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at the other guys that, that are coming in off the bench, and you're missing guys like Gary Payton the second. You get, you're missing guys like, you know, um, Damian Lee, uh, Descano Anderson. And so those role players were huge for them last year in a lot of the things in their success in winning the championship. So last night, like, that's concerning. Like, okay, it's one thing to lose the game, but it's one thing to get smacked up the entire game when you're playing against a team that is missing their three best players. Now, kudos to, you know, the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams had a, a, a lot of young guys that were competing, playing hard again, fighting for their livelihoods. But the Warriors then lost three straight home games to, to two of the teams that's definitely going to be in the lottery this year. And then last night against the Phoenix Suns without Aiden Booker and Chris Paul. That's concerning. Perk, speaking of last night, Donovan Mitchell goes back to you. What have you seen from him this year? Hey, he, he's in a combination. Um, the way that he's been carrying him because he has bailed them out of so many games for as just his superstar caliber play, for him, for as him going out there and having, you know, those 40 pieces and, and 71s because I have been a little disappointed in one Karis LeVert because I thought he would have been, you know, the perfect fit and elevated his game as well, but he hasn't. I've also been disappointed in Evan Mobley. Um, I think Evan Mobley took a step back uh, from what he was last year. Um, And so Donovan Mitchell really, you know, a lot of these games, like that 71-point game, you know, all those points were needed. He had, I believe, 11 uh, or 10 assists. All those assists were needed. Those eight rebounds were needed. So, He's right there with, you know, in the same conversation with Jokic, Giannis, Jason Tatum, because they have a great record. And, Perk, I got to ask you this really quick because we're up against a hard out. The Brooklyn Nets right now sit in the two seed. Mm-hmm. How important is this next month with Kevin Durant being out? Because uh, we know last year they had to go into the play-in situation uh, as far as playoffs uh, uh, when you're looking at it from the overall picture of the playoffs this year. Oh, it's crucial. It's vital for the simple fact that you're in the harder conference. The Eastern Conference is the hardest conference right now out of the two. And you don't want to put yourself in a position where, especially in the first round, you have to play a Philly or you have to play a a Boston Celtics or or Milwaukee Bucks. And so it's important for them just to keep their head above water. I would say, you know, try to stay at 500. Um, But I'm ready to see what Kyrie Irving is going to do. Like, I'm ready to see can he be that number one guy and get his team wins because we haven't seen that yet. Like, we didn't see Kyrie as a number two or, you know what I'm saying, alongside another superstar and win basketball games. But we haven't seen him actually carry a team and win basketball games. Y'all can watch him across all of our coverage, ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins. Perk, as always, you're the best, big fellow. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate y'all, my brother. Fitz and Harry brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Uh, hear me out, HC. I feel like, you know, you, Perk, 
we get one or two other guys on that team, and then you just let me be the other guy on the floor running around, and then like we, you know, we, we beat some teams and just let me talk. Like I feel like now that Perk is a, a regular on our show, he, he's bound to play with us if we ever do one of these like uh, you know one of these little matchups. And well, Swaggoo too, because you know Swaggoo Swaggoo grew up playing basketball. All right, so we we yeah. we we call dibs on Swaggoo also. Like that's that's yeah. like look, I got this whole thing nailed. I'll wear the headband. I'll wear the short shorts that may or may not cover my grapefruits, and then I'll just get out there and do my talking. That that's that's. <laughs> I like Clementines. I'm value. <laughs> I'm adding value to this team. I, talking like, about some great fruits. Yeah, talking about little acorns. You no, mean? What? Look, you know what? I, I'm a man. I got nothing. I got nothing. Thanks for perk I'm for hanging out with us. Uh, we'll keep breaking down all the NBA action throughout the course of the week. But obviously, all eyes are on Wild Card Weekend. The big news today across the quarterback landscape: we now know the 49ers are not the only team getting ready for the playoffs with their third string quarterback. How will it impact this weekend's matchups and what should we expect now that we know not one, but two, maybe even three teams looking at third stringers. We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and as always, the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 